Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We're live from the Westin Uptown ACC kickoff. No, we're not talking to any guests. We're playing Immaculate Grid right now. At least that's what Josh Graham is doing. He's left his post. He's come to join us to talk about ACC football. But instead, we started talking Johnny Cueto, Edison Volquez, and what were some obscure names? I think you brought up Edwin Jackson as well, you were playing Immaculate Grid. An obscure name actually just walked by to say hi. Former Brewers all-star Larry Sorensen, who used to work at ESPN and does radio work for Wake Forest. And I'm going to call shenanigans on Immaculate Grid because it's it says all-star in Kansas City Royal. Araldis Chapman played for the Royals, but I guess didn't make an all-star team with the Royals. I ran into this problem on the football side of things because I needed a first-team all-pro with Washington. I typed Josh Norman in. He got his all-pro with Carolina, but they said no. The name went red. I missed it. I got angry and rage quit, and I haven't played it since. There's no there's no specification that it needed to be with the Royals. He's an all-star that played for the Royals shenanigans all right shenanigans being called that is the voice of josh graham you can find him on twitter at josh graham show wsjs appreciate him hopping on with us today and the other thing is i asked you for any hot take right i just wanted to go right into it any hot take that you have about the acc football season coming up and you said immediately miami to the acc championship game this year this is your take this is the thing that you are going with moving into the acc season tell us why okay whenever there's recruiting hype Whenever there's a lot of hype surrounding teams that had been largely dormant for their expectations, you should always remember that in college football, productivity comes a year after the hype. We saw this. North Carolina was number 10 in the country two years ago, and they didn't live up to that hype. A year later, after we hear about all the recruiting and all the stuff, they make it to the ACC championship game, which is why I picked North Carolina to make the Coastal last year and bypassed all the hype with Miami two years ago picked Pittsburgh, only guy in the media to do that, to win the ACC. And it feels like this year, kind of like North Carolina was the trendy team a couple years back and didn't work out. Miami was that team last year, didn't work out while Carolina bounced back. I think that's what's going to happen with the Hurricanes because they still have the recruiting. It's year two for Mario Cristobal. Cristobal, one of the best years he ever had at Oregon was the second year. Tyler Van Dyke, we've seen him do it before. And now that he has the Houston OC that's coming in to spread things out a little more, we know what Dana Holgerson's teams are capable of doing. I think Miami's a team that's been slept on, and they have the talent with four and five stars all over the place that I think because people got burned by them a year ago, mm-hmm. they're not being picked, and they should get more hype, not the other team. From so, the wait, are, are you the one now driving the U is back bandwagon? For this year, the U okay. is back. Okay, okay, okay. And we're calling it that, too, because a lot of people will play the semantics game on whether the U is back. Would that be considered the U is back if they get to the ACC championship and lose? I'm going to have a new term. Okay. The U is number two. <laughs> okay. That's it. I don't think, the I don't U think they want to roll with that. The U is number two, because Clemson's still the best team in in this league and it's not close but the u is number two is what we're going with but when gambling's legal in the state of north carolina see i'm just preparing people Mm -hmm. for this wink wink nod nod miami's 23 to 1 odds right now to win the acc like six best odds 
Not a lot of people were talking about Miami right now. And when you look at the talent, there are very few teams that are more talented than they are. No, it's a solid case. I like all of it. Now, I want to try to apply that theory to the macro. Because Florida State is the trendy team this year, where, of course, we have some evidence. They yeah. won 10 games last season. They have a million guys returning. Top picks that are deciding to come back to Tallahassee to try to do something even more impressive this year. So it's not like they're sneaking up on everybody. But by that logic, a trendy team, maybe Florida State's time is next year, if they're the trendy team this year? Or are you rolling all in with Florida State as a team that could also really compete for the ACC championship? I'm not in on Florida State. Okay. I don't get it. Because Mike Norvell, see, I'm an East Carolina graduate, as you know. I watched Mike Norvell at Memphis, wasn't all that impressed then. And at Florida State, I, I get it. They have this history. They have this brand. So everybody wants this to be 2003 all over again or 93 all over again with Florida State. But the reality is their best years, they're still three-loss team. They're still a three-loss team. And when you look at their schedule, LSU might win the whole damn thing. And that's who you're opening up with. And you have to go to Death Valley this year. It'd be a different conversation if there was some ramp-up time for them, if there was a more manageable schedule, if you didn't have to go to Clemson. But those things, that that's just not going to get – that's not going to be easy – and because the hype is where it's at, I just think it's unrealistic to expect that they're going to meet that hype. So I think I'm falling victim to the on-paper thing with them. Like, I'm just looking at their roster, and they look amazing, Josh. I mean, Burst, they, Benson, it's, all it's, the dudes. It's crazy talent. So it's, it's really coming down to Norvell for you, it seems like, for the most part. Yeah, and also, it's it's just a different expectation level for Jordan Travis. He was on the same field with Anthony Richardson last year and was the better quarterback on that field. He was. And I don't want to take anything away from that guy. But it's a different deal entirely when no one's expecting that of you. Then people are saying that you could be a fringe national title contender. We Again, to bring back North Carolina a couple years ago, it was totally different in 2020 when Sam Howe was dishing it out to Diami Brown and Daz Newsom and all those guys versus a year after that when people were projecting him to be a top-five pick. Like, mentally... The, the way that teams game plan you and teams gun for you, it's it's a totally different animal when you're supposed to be the team, when you're the hunted, so to speak, versus the hunters. And Florida State is now transitioning from being the hunters to the hunted. Josh Graham joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, kind of here at the Westin Uptown Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. So, Josh, let's go to your feelings about North Carolina's football team. You just brought them up, brought them up. Some of the skill positions that they've had in years past. You bring up the amazing wide receivers. Not as good as they've had in the past. You don't have Josh Downs this year. You don't have the crop of De'Ami Brown and some of the other Daz Newsoms, if you will. How good do you feel about North Carolina coming into this I season? think you just described it. We've seen this movie. Like, don't watch Rudy expecting at the very end something different than him getting the sack on the final play. Like, you know how this movie goes because just a couple years ago, like, I remember asking Mac Brown the week of that Virginia Tech game where they lost when they were number 10 in the country. The question I asked was, are you at the place as a program where you can lose multiple draft picks on a side of a ball? In that case, Newsom, Diami Brown, two running backs that got drafted, and it not show on the field. And he said, maybe Clemson's the only team in the league that can probably survive that. I don't know if all that much has changed over the last two years when, again, you lose your top running back, you lose your top two receivers. That's a tough ask for Drake May, who also... The final month of the season, I know because I was there, 
lost to a couple third-string quarterbacks in Georgia Tech and NC State, and then didn't really do a heck of a lot in the championship game right down the road from where we're sitting against Clemson, even though that's a little bit more understandable. I, I think Drake May is bound to see some resistance because defensive coordinators get paid a lot for a reason. There's going to be some adjustment. But also the type of talent that surrounds him is not the same as it was a year ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked about this too. Getting benefit of the doubt when you're trying to reload as a top-notch squad. North Carolina doesn't have that. Clemson has shown they deserve it. I know it's faltered a little bit the last couple of seasons, but a down year for them is barely winning the ACC championship. It's Florida State's be. best year. Yeah. Clemson's down year. Well, and we even, if we just want to go to a different conference, we were asking that question about Georgia losing so many guys on the defensive side of the ball. Did they have benefit of the doubt for their reload power? And, yep, they would win the whole damn thing once again. It's going to be tough with North Carolina to do that. And speaking of defense, it's always going to come down to that side. Like, even if you lose skill players, Drake May, to me, is good enough, despite the faltering in the last month of the season, to help him out. But defensively, they haven't figured anything out in the last, what? I mean, ever since Mac Brown came over and he's been recruiting top talent, but it hadn't shown up on the defensive side on Saturdays. That's ultimately what it comes down it to. It does. And you have a lot of... A lot of those five-star, four-star types that Carolina's got is on the defensive side. So I'm hoping eventually that will reveal itself with Gene Chizik going into his second year as a defensive coordinator. But let's also not forget another loss on offense is Phil Longo. I, I know there's this argument that, oh, North Carolina needed to be tougher and they needed a coach that can instill toughness and these types of things. But Phil Longo's offenses were pretty darn prolific with Sam Howe and with Drake May. And we don't know. Nobody knows yet what it's going to look like or how much different it's going to look with Chip Lindsey now calling plays. Um, I want to go, to because you don't have much turnover this year at the head coaching spot. You have Brom coming in, and you have some interim guys that are taking over. Mm -hmm. But as far as straight-up new, fresh faces at the head coaching spot in the ACC, not nearly as much as you had last year when you had four guys coming in. So you have four two-year coaches mm -hmm. within the ACC. The offensive coordinator spots, though, those have been big-time deals this year. So you have Robert and I with NC State pairing up with Brennan Armstrong. Now you go get Garrett Riley if you're Clemson to try to revamp that offense with a new quarterback and Cade Klubnick after DJU started most of the season last year. What offensive coordinator QB marriage are you most excited to see? Garrett it, Riley. Why That's is that? the answer. Because he... We saw what he did at TCU last year, and there's going to be such great fascination whether or not he could do that with Kate Klubnick, who's another one of those five-star kids that everybody wanted. And like you, and you come from a factory that produced the likes of Drew Brees and produced you know star players, Nick Foles, and terrific pros all across the place. That's a guy who's ready for the big time. And I actually really like their skill position players. It's the best it's been, which isn't saying a lot, since T. Higgins and Justin Ross and Wide Travis Etienne right. e. was running around. like I really like Antonio Williams. I really like uh, Bo Collins. And, of course, you have Will Shipley back at running back. I, I think Clemson's offense is going to be fine. Garrett Riley and Cade Klubnick are worth betting on. And on defense, you lose a lot, but every year they've more than earned the benefit of the doubt when you still got dudes at every level like Xavier Thomas is back for like his eighth or ninth Van Wilder like season hmm. you got linebackers who are going to be first round draft picks it feels like every year and then in the secondary you got uh, Mukoba and again guys who feel like they've been there forever I, I just think Clemson is the sure pick, and they've earned the benefit of the doubt more so. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they are worth betting on. I, I just think the the wild card here is... Because, by the way, it's plus money. 
it's the first time in eight years it's plus money. Like, you don't have to bet more than you get in order to bet Clemson because of the Florida State height. It is the smart bet. One that I would not be getting anywhere close to with my money is the NC State marriage between Robert and I and Brennan Armstrong. So, Brennan Armstrong, mm -hmm. different style offense at Virginia last year. Tony Elliott comes in after Brennan just went nuclear in the ACC the year prior. Just went bonkers. No one expected that type of production. And then it was 180-degree turn in the very wrong direction. But now you get the offensive coordinator that was allowing you to have some of these Star Wars numbers and you're at a different place, but it's hard to erase the memory of what you just saw from Brennan last year. Where are you with that marriage and Dave Doran, who is a good college football coach, being the guy that is uh, overseeing all of it? I'm going to be admittedly bad at radio okay. for a second. Like, you guys are really good at radio, oh, which is why I'm it. so glad to sit here. But I'm going to be bad at radio and say something that you're not allowed to say. Don't worry. I'm not going to say any of those words that the FCC would have mm -hmm. issue with. Hey, get the dump button ready, Josh. I don't know. Okay. You're not allowed to not know. you got to have a take and defend it to the death. I get it. I have no idea. And that's why I'm so fascinated, more than any quarterback in the state of North Carolina this year, who are all fascinated. Riley Leonard with the numbers going into year two. Drake May for obvious reasons. Mitch Griffiths. Think about this. Dave Clausen. Every time he's had to bring in a new quarterback since he's been there, they started as true freshmen. John Walford, Jamie Newman for the one year, Sam Hartman in 2018. Mitch Griffiths has been there now for three years, <laughs> and he's starting at Wake. So they're going to be fine offensively. I have no idea what's going to happen with Brennan Armstrong and NC State. That is perhaps the most fascinating storyline in the state of North Carolina this year. What's going to happen there now that Brennan Armstrong is paired again with Robert Adon? It's not even close to me. Like, that's the biggest wild card among everything because NC State, good football program. Like, you expect good things from them pretty much every single season. And now where Devin Leary had a ton of hype, I was a Devin Leary fan coming in. And for whatever reason, you know, I still have had stock. a bunch of the injuries. I yeah. have my, I'm not a big stock I'm guy, but I have, I have Devin Leary stock. Why? Because SEC quarterbacks aren't any good. <laughs> Who's the best quarterback in the SEC? Joe Milton? How'd that go at Michigan? Oh, I can't wait, but but 70-yard bombs turn me on so much, Oh, he Josh. could throw an orange 100 yards. I, I'm, cool. I'm so ready for it. Oh, Yes, I do, but I do think it's cool. You say it in a sarcastic way. I'm here to tell you I do legitimately think there it's are cool. Orange, there's a bowl of oranges right over there. I want to mm -hmm. see if you can throw an orange all the way across this room. If so, Heupel, I'm ready. You know, I, I hope this video goes viral. Heupel, if I throw this orange 100 yards like Josh is challenging me to, I want to spot. That's all it takes for SEC hype machine. Like, hey, Jamie Newman goes from Wake to Georgia. Well, now he reminds us of Cam Newton and Tim Tebow. And, oh, why? Because you're in the Southeastern Conference. And here here you are, Joe Milton, throwing orange 100 yards. Uh, and now we're going to say you're a Heisman candidate. Hypnotize me. It's working. I'm weak. I'm weak-minded. These are the drones that I'm looking for. Last one, I, would, I did want to get to Please. I did want to get to the college basketball conversation because some exciting news coming in this week. Home and home between Kansas and North Carolina. Is Josh Marlowe making you ask me this? When that news came through, Fitty, real time, Flounder can attest to it, called Flounder to say, hey, this can be its own topic on a podcast. Like, 40-minute-long yeah. podcast. This sure. can be its own topic. He stopped working on our show, mm -hmm. started working on Heel Tough Blog and Four Corners podcast content, writing up, pulled his computer out, started writing an article right in front of me while we were 40 minutes away. So, yes... I do find a lot of value in it, clearly as you do as well. I've heard your takes on it, but we're all very excited. Man, two powerhouses meeting together on each other's campuses. It's going to be a lot of fun. Aside from the Final Four, where 
you literally transition from arenas to playing in football stadiums. Kansas playing North Carolina in basketball on campus is as big as the sport can feel. If you've been to Allen Fieldhouse, as I have, you get that sensation. The rules of basketball right there that Dr. James Naismith penned 150 years ago and a statue of him and it's nestled right at the center of campus. You just feel college basketball at its roots, how big it can feel. And then at the Dean Dome, when you're walking down Skipper Bowles Drive and you see that massive dome at the top of the hill and you see how high those ceilings are in 18, 19,000 seats, the fact that Kansas has not played at North Carolina ever, considering the history of these programs, Wilt Chamberlain going up against Lenny Rosenbluth in 1957, and two years ago when Hubert's yelling at Tracy Wilson, live action, Tracy, before blowing that lead. I mean, the history there. Dean Smith went to Kansas. Roy Williams went to North Carolina. Larry Brown went to North Carolina. And the fact that Kansas has never been to Chapel Hill and North Carolina hasn't been to Kansas since 1960, the year before Dean Smith became the head coach, you're right. Incredible's not even, it's too loose of a word. It's too loosely used. It doesn't capture it how big this is for college basketball. Fitty is ready to run through a brick wall at the Planet Kia Studios. Josh just caused damage back at the crib. We apologize, Jeff, for you having to fork over a bill that is going to have to take care of some of that damage. Sorry, Jeff. He's shaking right now. Like, Fiddy is shaking because, look, even if you said you were bad at radio, what a vivid picture you just painted all right there. He that needs a amazing. cigarette. He's that, post-coital. <laughs> I, think, I think all of us do. He's ready to throw an under, uh, a orange over 100 yards. That's Josh <laughs> Fiddy Marlowe back at the Planet Kia Studios freaking out. And that is because we just heard the voice of one Josh Graham, a part of WSJS. Follow him on Twitter. Great follow, at Josh Graham Show. Appreciate the time, man. That was a lot of fun. No doubt. Thanks, guys.